must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic process. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. I have a dream. Welcome to Great Men Back Then. Here's your host, Lauren Scott. You are listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. My name is Lauren Scott and welcome to Great Men Back Then, the show where we talk about great men in American history. Except today we will be doing something a little bit different and the person we are talking about today is actually not from America. I know that's a little bit of a shock and it may even be a little disappointing to some of you out there. But today we're going to be talking about Alfred Lord Tennyson. He was an English poet and he holds a special place in my heart. I really admire him as a poet. And so just because he's not American doesn't give us a good enough reason to not spend 20 minutes to talk about him and the impact that he's had on the world of poetry. So without further ado, let's jump into the life of Alfred Lord Tennyson. So like I said earlier, he was an English poet and he was born in the year of 1809. And today we are going to be talking about not only his poetry, but also his life as an individual. And you will see momentarily that he had kind of a sad life. He went through some difficult things, but he found ways to see the goodness through the hardships. And that's actually whenever he produced some of his greatest works. He came from a very big family. He was actually the fourth out of 12 children. I'm one out of five children, and I thought that was big. I can't even imagine having 11 siblings, but that was the size of his family. He was sent to school when he was six years old, and actually he hated it, believe it or not. Um, And that's kind of humorous to me because, well... He became a poet, and he was a man who loved literature, but when he was first introduced to education and reading and writing, he wanted nothing to do with it. Even though he wanted nothing to do with school and he hated it, his father did manage to teach him well in the world of literature. Even from a very young age, he was writing poetry. Poets such as Alexander Pope, Sir Walter Scott, and John Milton were very influential to Alfred Lord Tennyson, even from a young age. From the very beginning, he had a gift and he was not afraid to use it. And that's something that was very apparent to his friends and his family members that young little Alfred would write his own poetry, which is something you don't really see today in small children. Now, I know you may be on the edge of your seat to learn more about Tennyson, but before we dive into any more information about his life, I'm going to play a little game. It's called Spy the Lie, and I don't do this every episode, but I do it every once in a while. Uh, just to kind of change things up and let you listeners have a good time. And how Spy the Lie works is I will tell two truths and one lie about Tennyson, and I will not reveal the lie until the end of the episode. So you guys are going to have to stick around and see which one was the lie. So fact number one, Tennyson named one of his children Hallam in honor of his best friend who died. Fact number two, the phrase 
Better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all comes from Tennyson's poem In Memoriam. And fact number three, Tennyson had five children and three of them actually became poets because they wanted to be just like their father. So there you have it. I have provided you with three facts about Tennyson, except one of the facts is a lie and I will not reveal that until the end of the episode. So stick around if you wish to find out the two truths and the one lie. As Tennyson got older, the conditions at home grew more difficult. His father suffered with mental illness and he became very ill and started drinking heavily. And this had a really big impact on Tennyson. He actually became very depressed and Despite the fact that he was depressed, this didn't stop him from writing his poetry. It actually encouraged him, believe it or not. So he was able to make it through those hard times, and he eventually went to Trinity College, where he continued his work in poetry. And this is the place where he met his best friend. And when I say that he met his best friend, I mean he truly met the person that he would consider his closest colleague for the rest of his life. He met Arthur Hollum, and their friendship never faltered and remained strong throughout their entire lives. Actually, a little fun fact is that Hollum ended up falling in love with one of Tennyson's many sisters. Her name was Emily. And a funny story about this relationship is that He was actually forbidden by Tennyson's father to see her or to court her. I, if I'm remembering correctly, I believe that Tennyson's father didn't like Hollum because of his social status or something really shallow like that. It wasn't really a legitimate reason to not want your daughter to date someone, in my opinion. But after, um... Her father died in 1831. Hollum and Emily could finally be together. And it was around this time that Tennyson wrote The Lady of Shalott. And if you've never heard of this poem, it is one of his most favorite poems. And it's actually studied at Hillsdale College. I know that Dr. Lindley uh, likes to study this poem with his English students. So if you're an English major... You probably have heard of this poem, or at least know a little bit about it. So, as far as Hollum and Emily's relationship goes, they unfortunately were only happy for a little bit because Hollum died in 1833. I think they were only married for about a year and a half, and so that was very shocking and very sad for everyone involved, obviously. Um, It was a very sudden death, and obviously, Emily, his wife, was saddened, and she was heart-shattered by the news, but Tennyson himself took it pretty hard as well, and he had already struggled with uh, some mental illness from seeing his father be a drunkard and losing his father, and also watching a couple of his siblings struggle with mental illness, and this just drove him even farther into a depression. And so, 
This sudden death um, only added to the series of unfortunate events that were taking place in Tennyson's life, to say the least. Now, although this was a very sad time in Tennyson's life, he actually produced some of his best work, um, including The Two Voices and Ulysses, which are two of his most magnificent works. Speaking of mental illness, we're going to go on a little (laughs) rabbit trail here. The teacher who first introduced me to Tennyson was the same teacher I accidentally diagnosed with a mental illness in front of the entire class. As you can imagine, that did not end well for me. Now, you may be wondering how I managed to do such a foolish thing. I mean, I wonder the same thing sometimes. Uh, It's one of those things where sometimes I'll just be laying in bed at night and that memory will pop into my head and already... The next day is ruined for me. But I remember my teacher, uh, seventh grade teacher, was introducing us to Tennyson's poem, The Charge of the Light Brigade. And we also had an essay due that day, or maybe we didn't have an essay due that day. Either way, I was confused about a due date because I think there was some miscommunication along the way. And I was getting frustrated. And so at the time, I didn't know that um, bipolar was like a serious mental illness. I just thought that if you were bipolar, it meant that you changed your mind a lot. See, no one ever really explained that to me. And so I said to my teacher, you're acting bipolar. You said this due date was tomorrow and today and you just keep changing it. And so that was not my finest moment. If I'm being honest with you, I was sent out in the hallway and super embarrassing how to write an apology note and all that stuff. But I will never forget that the first person who ever introduced me to one of my favorite poets was also the person that I accidentally, embarrassingly diagnosed with, well, falsely diagnosed with a mental illness in front of the entire class. So, There's a fun little story that you now know about me, but enough about me. Let's put our focus back on Tennyson. You are listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. My name is Lauren Scott, and this is Great Men Back Then. I really want to emphasize the greatness in this man and how he was able to overcome the hard things in his life with growing up with an addictive father who is depressed and having to watch his siblings struggle with serious mental illness when he finally kind of escaped that life in college and turned over a new page and was making a life for himself he found his best friend and then believe it or not his best friend dies and so now he's lost that his kind of escape from his uh traumatic if you will his traumatic childhood And so he definitely went through some difficult things, but was able to turn those ugly things into beautiful things through his poetry. So I'm actually going to read one of the poems that he wrote during a difficult time in his life, whenever he had just lost his friend. This poem is called In Memoriam, and 
I find the words to be very beautiful, um, kind of solemn, but it's definitely a poem that is worth reading and worth hearing at least once in your life. In Memoriam by Alfred Lord Tennyson Strong Son of God and mortal love, whom we that we have not seen thy face, by faith and faith alone embrace, believing where we cannot prove. Thine in these orbs of light and shade, thou madest life and man and brute, thou madest death, and lo, thy foot is on the skull which thou hast made. Thou would not leave us in the dust. Thou madest man, he knows not why. He thinks he was not made to die, and thou hast made him, thou art just. Thou seemest human and divine, the highest, holiest manhood thou. Our wills are ours, we know not how. Our wills are ours to make them thine. Our little systems have their day. They have their day and cease to be. They are but broken lights of thee, and thou, O Lord, art more than they. We have but faith we cannot know, for knowledge is of things we see, and yet we trust it comes from thee. A beam in darkness, let it grow. Let knowledge grow from more to more, but more of reverence in us dwell, that mind and soul according well may make one music as before. But vaster, we are fools in sight. We mock thee when we do not fear. But help thy foolish ones to bear. Help thy vain worlds to bear thy light. Forgive what seemed my sin in me, what seemed my worth since I began. For merit lives from man to man, and not from man, O Lord, to thee. Forgive my grief for one removed, thy creature whom I found so fair. I trust he lives in thee, and there I find him worthier to be loved. Forgive these wild and wandering cries, confusions of a wasted youth. Forgive them where they fail in truth, and in thy wisdom make me wise. I held it truth with him who sings, to one clear harps and divers tones that men may rise on stepping stones of their dead selves to higher things. But who shall so forecast the years and find in loss a gain to match, or reach a hand through time to catch the far-off interest of tears? Let love clasp grief, lest both be drowned. Let darkness keep her raven gloss. Ah, sweeter to be drunk with loss, to dance with death, to beat the ground, than that the victor hours should scorn the long result of love and boast. Behold the man that loved and lost, but all he was is overworn. Old you which graspeth at the stones, that name the underlying dead, thy fibers net the dreamless head, thy roots are wrapped about the bones. The seasons bring the flower again, and bring the firstling to the flock, and in the dust of thee the clock beats out the little lives of men. O oh, not for thee the glow, the bloom, who changest not in any gale, nor branding summer's sun's avail, to touch thy thousand years of gloom, 
and gazing on thee, sullen tree, sick for thy stubborn hardihood, I seem to fail from out my blood and grow incorporate into thee. All right, that is actually all I'm going to read today, but believe it or not, that is only a very small percentage of that poem. In Memoriam is very long, and I would have to dedicate a much larger amount of this episode if I were to read the entire thing to you. But I hope you enjoyed that little snippet that I read to you. And if you have time today, you should look up this poem. You could find it in a simple Google search and read it for yourself. And I think you'll find the words to be beautiful and in a different way than one may think. I think you'll find them inspiring. I I definitely love to visit this poem every now and then just to be reminded of who we are as human beings. I think we all can learn something great from this poem. Now, before I forget, I'm going to supply you guys with the answer to our little game, Spy the Lie. So again, I provided you with three facts, two were true and one was a lie. And I'm going to reveal that the lie is that Tennyson did not have five children. He actually only had three, which means that Tennyson did in fact name one of his children Hallam in honor of his best friend and the phrase better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all actually does come from Tennyson's poem, the one that we just read, In Memoriam. And I want to thank you guys as my listeners for putting up with this little random poetry episode. I know I usually focus more on men and history, which Tennyson is a man in history, but I usually focus more on historical events and things that happened in the past Oh, like last week I talked about President Gerald Ford and so we definitely got some rich American historical history there. Um, But I came to Hillsdale thinking that I would be an English major um, primarily because I had such a deep love for poetry and we live in such a fast-paced world centered around conveniency uh, that no one really has time to sit down and memorize poems anymore, let alone talk about them. But I believe that poetry is so much more than words that are preserved in a library book. Uh, It has the ability to speak to the soul unlike anything else can. It can bring a bitter, hard-hearted person to tears because of its power. Oftentimes, poetry will be the only thing one is able to remember after a dementia diagnosis. You know, they'll forget their children, their friends, everyone they've ever loved. They'll forget their whole entire world, but poetry remains. And I think that's something so powerful and it's something so special. Poets such as Robert Frost and Edgar Allan Poe 
are not remembered because they were able to make words rhyme with a happy little message in the end, but they are remembered because they achieved a certain level of greatness that very few people can even begin to comprehend. And so that's why I decided to dedicate this episode to one of my favorite poets, even though he is not American, Alfred Lord Tennyson. Which, by the way, this isn't the first time I've had a Great Men Back Then episode where I featured a man who was not an American. I've had an episode about Winston Churchill. And so this actually isn't the first time. So maybe we're having a little tradition started where sometimes I will talk about men who are not from America and women. I talk about women, too. I just say great men back then for the rhyme. But I do talk about women because there are some amazing women in history that need to be talked about. And with that being said, we will wrap up this episode of Great Men Back Then. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Lauren Scott on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.